Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jeremiah Gardner, and with me is Jordan Rickers. And today we are going to talk about how distraction and coping keep us from being vulnerable. This is going to be an amazing conversation. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. And I hope you guys gain something from it. So check out the next clip. Thanks. So, hey, what's up, guys? Sorry, it's been a long week. Um, sorry that we haven't done a podcast here in a little bit. Um, last week, just to be completely utterly honest, I had an emotional breakdown. So that's kind of what happened and it kind of sucked. And then the week before that, something else came up. So I'm so sorry about that, y'all. But it has been good because I have one of my best friends with me who he, he's been friends with me for, oh, for over 10 years. 10 years, friends over 10 years, and this is one of my best friends, Jordan. Everyone, give Jordan a hand clap. Everyone, it's just me. It's just me. Give me Jordan a hand clap. There's no one else in here. It's 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 good to be here. I'm 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 honored that you would you'd have me on. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a 10 years. It's been a good 10 years. Yep. It's been yep. A, a, a fruitful 10 years for sure. Yeah, nice. So good. And then so like, what do you do? Like, you know, like tell people like, what do you do? Like, are you dating? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. Uh huh. Born and raised Broken Arrow. BA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those, those, those are my people. Um, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a teacher now. I have an amazing family. They love me very much. I've got incredible friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Yourself included in that in that group. Um, and yes, I, I, I am dating. I have a wonderful girlfriend. Nice. Um, she loves me very much. She's uh-huh. too good to me. Nice. Um, but li- life is good. God is good. Mm-hmm. Can't complain. Good. Awesome. Um, well, that's good. So right now, we are going to kind of jump into the podcast. And we're basically going to talk about... This is the question, folks. How distraction and coping keep us from being vulnerable um so first things first what let's define distraction coping and being vulnerable so jordan when you think of distraction like how would you define that word that yeah that's a good question distraction when i when i think of distraction i think of it as something that can can happen to me unintentionally, but also like intentionally. It's something okay. that I I can, I can get distracted, and that's something that can happen to me. But then I can also distract myself. Uh huh. And that would be, like, like focusing on something that is not the most important thing in the moment. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, just like getting getting my priorities out of order, mm-hmm. even just momentarily. Yeah. But lo- looking towards like the immediate and like the pressing instead of the important. Okay, that's good. And like, what about coping? How would you define co- coping? I, I would define coping as really treating like the symptoms of a problem mm. and not getting to the root. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, like, using some some sort of like superficial thing to fill like a deeper like more spiritual mm. like gap yeah yeah 
Okay. Those, those, those aren't those aren't scientific definitions. That's just how I, that's just how <laughs> that's I feel. That's how he feels. I would say I really do like the intentional and unintentional view of of distraction. Mm-hmm. I also feel like distraction comes from all areas and um we need to remember that distraction can can come from even people you love mm-hmm. that they can even distract you from what from what your purpose is i think too with coping it is coping some people um so for me since i have a real positive attitude for me, coping is saying everything will be all right, when in reality it's not. And sometimes, and like sometimes you you have to take a hard a hard look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, you know what, things aren't all right. Mm-hmm. And instead of maybe painting painting over my problem, you know, like mm-hmm. getting to the root of what I'm dealing with. So what about being vulnerable? Like how like how would you define being being vulnerable? I think vulnerability comes down to like honesty mm-hmm. it, to me it means like laying down pride laying down la- la- laying down pride laying down like my like secrecy mm-hmm. and just letting somebody know honestly and fully like like what's going on mm-hmm. and that can be that can be another person or that can yeah. be like a peer, a friend that can be like a mentor, right? A leader. And that can even be like between me and God. Yeah. Right. Like I think vulnerability exists on, on those levels for sure. And especially in like downward too, like people who are people who I'm leading, right. People who are looking mm-hmm. up to me, I can be vulnerable like with them in different ways too. But I think it's, yeah. I think it's an honesty and it's an openness that come from that comes from like not disguising my problems, not hiding them, not mm-hmm. shying away from them. Yeah. But like, like, letting people in to see what's going on, mm-hmm. and especially when it goes like upward, right? To like, people who are in a position to help me. Mm-hmm. It's letting them take a look and letting them provide their insight and their like help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. I agree. That's good. I think that being vulnerable, it's acknowledging that a scar is there, but not making it bigger. Mm-hmm. I think that I know people who, they say, like, you know, so for instance, like, if you have a wound on your arm, they're like, you know, like, look at this scar. And, you know, like, they're showing people, and they're like, you know, like, it's just so big. And, you know, like, their hands in it. And they're making it worse. And they're making it bigger. It base, it grows. And it, and it never can heal. When in reality, it's just showing people you're hurt. It's saying, you know what? I'm hurt. And it isn't making it bigger. It is more about acknowledging what it is. I think that is a good way to view to view, um, to view vulnerability for sure. Yeah, sh- showing off, showing off the wound, showing off the hurt, but then like taking it, taking it to like somebody who can help. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, it would be like 
it would like if if we, if I was actually hurt and I actually had a serious cut on my arm, it'd be no use to me to go to like uneducated people and be like messing around to say, hey, do you think this is infected? Do you think this is mm-hmm. hurt? It's or like, having someone else who isn't who isn't educated or who isn't empathetic to your pain goes in and says oh it's not that bad that scar is not that big of a deal right and they're they're like all in there and like they're Mm -hmm. messing with it and it hurts Mm -hmm. it's like but they don't they don't know what they're doing it would be wise of me if i'm actually physically hurt to go see a medical professional or at least Mm -hmm. somebody with some knowledge some empathy to my situation and they're going to treat this wound with care Mm -hmm. right do you know what's interesting is when is when that wound gets treated with with let's say alcohol it burns it does but it all like it all it disinfects Mm. it clean it cleans Mm. it It stings right yeah but ultimately like the people who know what they're doing although it stings although it may hurt like when they like get in there and they start to work on it um Mm -hmm. like ultimately it's for like your own like bodily health yeah that healing Mm -hmm. and what happens is we are so scared of that healing Mm -hmm. like we're you know like we are scared of that burn Mm -hmm. we're scared of the sting and it and it and it keeps us from from moving forward from past crap Mm -hmm. that we've that we've gone through because we keep because because you know like we're afraid I think that's so big. I know for me, I, 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 I see. I deal with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Of, I have a problem, but I don't want to really go to this person because that won't cause friction. When in reality, that friction is that stink. That friction is that burn. That friction allows for that crap to come out and that crap to get um to get you know um disinfected. Yeah. It's big. It's big, dude. Mm-hmm. It's big, dude. It makes me think of, like, the proverb. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm. Right? Like, the, the, the truth, like, hurts sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's, it's, in that, it's in that little bit of pain. It's in that, like, uncomfortable space Mm-hmm. When I'm completely honest and I'm completely open, I'm completely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's in that space that like healing happens. Healing takes place. Yeah, and it like it it hurts. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Like in the end. Yeah, I completely agree. I think of. I don't really know. I think. I feel like this issue is something that is really rampant in our age age range. And I don't know, I, I feel like it's because the distraction and the coping have gone up. It's so easy to distract ourselves and cope with our problems, I think, now more than ever. Mm-hmm. There's so many remedies and medicines and treatments that we can do that... Um, that can keep us from being vulnerable and that and that can keep us from our healing and i think that this and i think it's this so our so you know our question reads how distraction and coping keep us from being vulnerable 
I think that maybe what I'm re- what I'm realizing is this is look distraction distraction in coping keep us from being vulnerable so that we can be healed. I think that the true I think that the true and you know like tell me if I'm wrong Jordan I think that the true purpose of being vulnerable is is healing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, let me think about that for a second. Um, I think, I think in a lot of areas of life, vulnerability promotes health. Mm-hmm. Um, in, right, in, in relationships, in friendships, mm-hmm. right, you, you can only be, like I won't say you can only be, but when when you have an honest relationship with the people who are closest to you, your relationships are going to be healthier. Yeah. Right. You start to see like friendships erode. Right. Mm-hmm. Trust erode when people are holding things back. Yeah. Right. You might start like you might start to create distance in between friends because you have things that are that you feel about this friendship that you don't want to voice and you don't want to say anything because it would be uncomfortable so you hold them back and you just end up being frustrated with this other person mm-hmm. and you're not telling them this you're not telling them what they're doing that's frustrating you mm-hmm. you're not sharing what's like what's going on in your life and so that just creates this disconnect mm-hmm. but with like a little bit of openness, a little bit of honesty, a little bit of vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? you can start to work out the things that are frustrating you and you can mm-hmm. like start to move forward in healthier friendship. Yeah. What, what, like whatever that looks like. Do you know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. So, you know the story, so um, Be- um, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So, you know the part where the beast goes out and saves Belle? Yeah. And he like jumps in front of the wolf and the wolf like... um bites off his arm mm-hmm. not he obviously doesn't bite off his arm but like he scratches his arm yeah and she goes to heal him and it burns and he mm-hmm. roars and he's like oh uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and but in that moment what you see is that is that is the start of their friendship mm-hmm. is that's the start of their love is that is that him him coming from her and her going to heal him fully knowing it's gonna sting Mm-hmm. It's and you and do you know what's funny is right after that scene, her and see Beast and Belle have an argument. Um, you know, like talking about the beast temper. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, like if you didn't do this so bad, you wouldn't have such a bad temper or something like that. I don't know the lines, folks, but um, it's just crazy because um, honestly, like I don't know why, like I'm thinking about this, but I feel like it's such a good example of who we are in Jesus. <laughs> like we're this beast. <laughs> like we're this yeah. beast. And obviously I'm not saying Jesus is a woman to anyone who's ever who thinks that's what I'm saying. Like I obviously am like, you know, like not saying it at all. I think in Bell's in Bell's approach mm-hmm. in Bell's approach of coming with that love. And that, and that kindness and healing the wound 
you know, it mm-hmm. allows for a forward Jesus to come in because until you, man, this is good. Until you admit, look, here's the thing. Distraction and coping keeps you from being vulnerable. And that vulnerability is the key to allowing Jesus in. So look, I'm, I'm looking for, um, gosh, those verses that like you, like G- Jesus takes, like he's, he's the healer. Uh-huh. Right? He is, he takes care of us. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to find where he finds it, where he says, and I don't remember, but he says something along the lines of, come to me all who are weary, uh-huh. right? and all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah. He's like, I'll show you how to recover your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll show you how to do all these things to live freely, to live lightly. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's so powerful. But do you think that distraction and coping are weights? I I don't know that I don't know that they in and of themselves are the weights. But I th- when when I think of distraction, when I think of coping. I think I think of it like like the red herring. Uh-huh. Right? It's like the hey look over here, hey look over here, do this while the weights are on the complete other side. Mm-hmm. Right? Distraction and coping are in my left hand. Uh-huh. But the real weight is in my right. Yeah. And so if if the enemy can keep our focus on mm-hmm. the distraction, mm-hmm. right? On the coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Throwing two examples out there if, if he can keep my attention on my phone, uh-huh. right? If he can keep my attention on, oh, I'm just going to joke about my problems. I'm not actually, fee- I'm not noticing, I'm not recognizing the weight uh-huh. of my problems. Yeah. Right? Because I'm I'm not addressing them because I'm just on my phone. Yeah. I'm not addressing them because I just want to joke about them and dismiss them with humor. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually getting through it, okay. I said, like, I joked about being sad. Why am I sad? Mm. I joked about being stressed. Why am I stressed? Mm-hmm. And, like, not not to say that, like, humor is absolutely wrong and, like, we shouldn't joke about anything, mm-hmm. right? But at, at some point, like, you need to get real. Yeah. At some point, like, you need to stop looking at the distraction, looking mm-hmm. at the coping me- mechanism, and look at the thing that's holding you back. That's yeah. Holding you down. Yeah. I think of... So Bishop T.D. Jakes did this message called Chain Breakers. Basically, it was about, um, basically, it was, it, was about gen- it was about generational curses and generational s- sins in families. And talking about how there's this chain on you that is keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. And if the devil um, can get you on that chain, can't keep you on that chain, then you still aren't... Um, then you then see like you will never be free and distraction and coping keep keep that help help you forget that you are attached to a chain that there is something holding you back that you have um that there is a bigger picture in a bigger world and in in a better way of living life full of freedom and healing and peace and joy but you know, like we're distracted from all of these deeper, in, deeper inner issues that that we have. 
Did um did you find the the mm -hmm. the, the Bible verse? Yeah, it's Matthew eleven, um, twenty eight. Jesus mm -hmm. says, "This is the English Standard Version. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle." And lowly in heart, mm -hmm. and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Mm -hmm. And to do you know what's funny about the verse? Mm -hmm. Before you talk, really, really, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the devil, at least for me, has made me become in that verse more focused on Jesus's burden. And Jesus's weight versus the freedom that it will get me. Right. I think he more focuses of, well, Jesus went to the cross. He, Jesus, you know, said, take his cross up daily. Mm -hmm. Jesus said this, Jesus said that. And what happens is that fear mm -hmm. of I can't do that keeps yeah. me from being vulnerable. But anyway, that was just my quick thought on what I Yeah, And like we, I guess like that, that, that comes from, like when when I think about that, well, Jesus said this, and Jesus asks this, and and Jesus requires this, and that's just that's just another burden of like, oh, then this is if if I I'm earning my salvation. Yeah, it's I I have, it's something I have to earn and I have to do when, right? Like, um, uh, like when the 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 way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right, just means like walking in his way. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't have to earn that righteousness. Yeah, I don't have to earn that access to you the Father. preach, pastor. Right, it's, <laughs> it's 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 been given to me by Jesus. Right, uh -huh. I'm not I'm not in myself, and I'm not bringing my self righteousness. Yeah, right. I'm identifying with Jesus, and so I'm saying, I listen. I can't. I can't do this. I'm I'm weak. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. I can't carry this burden. Like I'm, I'm identifying with Jesus. I'm, uh -huh. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself, and that's right. That's when Jesus comes in, and like Jesus does what only He can do, uh -huh. and He heals the wounds, uh -huh. and He reconciles me. Yeah, right? He brings me back to God. Yeah, and He empowers me right through the mm. Holy Spirit to live out this new life, this mm. new way of life. Yeah, right? it's not something I have to produce in myself. It's something that is given to me as I walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and so that's where the light comes in. Yeah, is because like I don't have to work for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now I have a question: mm -hmm. How does sanctification fit into that? Right, Saint, Saint, is sanctification yeah. the allowance of the Holy Spirit to clean you, or is sanctification of us picking up the brush and and cleaning ourselves? I. I I think sanctification. Oh, that's okay. So that that's a that's a big that's a big it's a, it's a big that's, a, that's a big churchy word too. Like so, like yeah, beco becoming more like Jesus. I think. Is... I feel like there are two different definitions of sanctification mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. I feel like so. I feel like what you said, Jordan. Becoming more like Jesus is sanctification. Right. I feel like other people have viewed that word in the church, sanctification, as what I said earlier, picking up the brush and and cleaning off my own dirt. Right. That's kind of how mm -hmm. I've kind of distinguished. So yeah, so like what 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 I what I what I've heard, I I guess is that like justification 
uh-huh. is Jesus saves me from the penalty of sin. Yeah, yeah. And sanctification happens when Jesus saves me from the power of sin. Mm. Where on a day-by-day basis, right? Um, on, on a day-by-day basis, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is that burden is not on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's not like I wake up in the morning and I say, like, okay, today I need to do things to become more like Jesus. Mm. I think what when I, when I want to be sanctified, when I want to become more like Jesus, I, 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 like, I need to take a second and I need to connect with him. Mm-hmm. And I need to say, okay, Jesus, I want to become more like you today. Will you show me... Will will you show me what to do? Will you lead mm-hmm. me? Will you guide me? Uh-huh. Right. And all I'm doing is I'm just taking the step that's in front of me. Yeah. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Uh huh. Say okay. Do I need to like? It it's not, it's not me, bringing all these things. Like Jesus, is this enough? Jesus, am I becoming clean enough? Am I becoming pure enough? Like, am uh, I sanctified yet? Yeah. It's like God, what are you trying to do in my life? Uh-huh. And letting him lead me and letting him guide me because he are like he already approves of me. Uh-huh. He already loves me. Uh-huh. And so now it's just God, what step do you have for me? Yeah. And so it's it's not like this works thing where like I have to constantly produce and I have to make these things happen. But it's the just taking the steps that God is putting in my heart. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's where sanctification comes in. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and I, I don't think it's for us to get saved, right? To make that decision, that commitment to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. right? To like follow after him as our Lord and as our Savior, but that and trust in him for that to save us from sin, but then to pick up the burden again and say, well, now I have to, like earn this like becoming like jesus mm-hmm. i think that's counterproductive yeah i think it, i think it's better for us to just trust that as we walk with jesus and as we seek relationship with jesus mm-hmm. we're gonna come more like we're gonna become more like him mm-hmm. it's more of a walk and less of a cleaning process yeah so maybe i think the cleaning our question that's true so maybe our question um, should be how distraction and coping keep us from becoming more like Jesus, <laughs> which it's is a fair is a fair question. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. completely fair. Mm-hmm. Do okay. Here's here's a question I have. So riddle me this: Do you think it is hard as a Christian to relate to Jesus being vulnerable? Um. Do I think it's hard for me as a Christian to relate to Jesus being vulnerable? And was he being vulnerable? Is being vulnerable considered strength or or is being vulnerable considered a weakness? I think that depends on who you ask. Mm. Like if you if you ask right if if like if, if you ask somebody who doesn't like who isn't like, I 
Like if if you ask somebody who doesn't know Jesus, uh huh. If you ask somebody who isn't familiar with faith, yeah. Or even just like emotional health, mm. um, those two aren't the same thing, and I don't think they accomplish the same thing. <laughs> I, think, I think they can work together, but like, like, I think I think there's a certain I think there's a certain worldly perspective that vulnerability is weakness. Mm. Um, right, that's... I feel like our generation leads more towards the vulnerability of being, like, a badge of honor. Yeah, but vulnerability is strength, is what, is, like, something that's coming now as people are pursuing more emotional health. That's why I said what I said. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think simply being emotionally healthy will lead you to Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because... Jesus is the way to the Father. Like, mm-hmm. only through Jesus do we get connected to this source of life. Yeah. Right, and the source of hope. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, oh, uh, what? Um, right, the, this, this idea of, like, Darwinism, right? Okay. Let's like, go down, it, like let's it, go down this, <laughs> this um, rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, but, like, Darwinism is survival of the fittest, uh-huh. right? That preaches the exact opposite of vulnerability. Yeah. If you show weakness, you will be weeded out. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's the whole idea. Uh-huh. Is that only the strong survive. Yeah. Um, and like, Which, I'm going to say this, because I haven't said this in the podcast yet. Um. So I don't know if many of you have been catching up with this Harvey Weinstein case that has that has been unfolding and it's been kind of coming out. So the Darwinin so the Darwinism per, per perspective, see like I'm pretty sure that I told see like told you about this. I don't know if I did. I don't think you did. I basically was talking to Andrew and I was saying this was an ugly thought I had about Darwinism and um evolution and mm-hmm. that whole thought was Rape is natural selection at work. It's an ugly way of viewing it. But if you don't believe in God and, and you know, survival of the fittest. Right. And if sex has no meaning and if sex has no power, mm-hmm. then rape is just survival of the fittest. These yeah. women, they didn't make it. They couldn't make it. But right. yet... We find our justice system mm-hmm. and our culture praises these women for being vulnerable mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. their vulnerability allowed for justice to happen. Right. And like you, you would be hard pressed to find somebody who wouldn't, who wouldn't stand up and say, yeah, what he did was wrong. Mm. But like, according to like, like, survival of the fittest mm-hmm. right or like in like in the in the absence of like an absolute more like an absolute morality yeah right nobody can point and say that's absolutely wrong yeah and so which is interesting to see as our world becomes more away from jesus mm-hmm. eventually it comes to the point where is rape wrong and now obviously i believe rape is wrong well, yeah. But when there is no absolute moralism, I think maybe our world might always keep this thought 
of impressing your choice and will on someone else is wrong. I think that that might always stay. But interesting I, thought, huh? I mean, Pete, the it it makes like it makes an an assumption, and I've been I've been listening to some Robbie Zacharias. Yeah. Um, and he he talks about this a lot, but like if you, right, if you go down the trail of like, like, m- relative morals, right? Uh-huh. What's true for me isn't necessarily true for everybody else, right? That's a that's a really nice idea, provided that everybody else thinks exactly the same way that you do. Oh. But as some as soon as somebody like, like turns the corner and says, you know what? I don't really care about the best interest of anybody else, right? And so I can do as I want. And as soon as, like, they decide that maybe it's okay for me to kill people or maybe it's okay for me to rape, right? All of a sudden, everybody else with relative morals has no leverage on that person. Yeah. They have no way of achieving justice because, oh, they're just, they're abiding by the same principle as everybody else. Yeah. And, like, and of of course like that that seems like wrong to us because like we like we know instinctively that like that's, that's wrong it's wrong it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely not right mm-hmm. and it's something that we should seek justice for mm-hmm. right we should seek justice for those women uh-huh like because like what what happened to them is is awful is is horrible mm-hmm. like and we shouldn't stand for it i don't think like yeah, like we we shouldn't stand for it. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's be, and that's that's why we have like that's why we have an absolute moral. We have an absolute truth. Yeah. Right. In in God, right? Mm-hmm. And he he sets the standard for us, and he lived it out in the way of Jesus. Uh huh. And I think the key the key to us becoming more like that is really just to seek relationship. Yeah. I agree. I don't know why I'm thinking of this Bible story, but I want to say it because why not? Um, so this past weekend at church, Pastor Witt was talking. If you don't know, I go to church on the move, and so this Jordan church move is amazing. The message this week was really, really good. It was basically like, is it really possible to be like Jesus? If you want to go listen to it, you can listen to it on the church move podcast. Really, really good. Anyway, Pastor Witt was talking about, he said this Bible story about this man who was um, blind. And I had heard this Bible story before, but I guess it had been a while. This man was blind and he couldn't see. And Jesus asked him, you know, like, what do you want? And the guy says, you know, like, I want to see. And Jesus touches and heals him. And he opens up his eyes and he says that he can only see trees walking or something like that. And... Um, he asks, um, like, may I touch you again? Is that what Jesus says? Do you know? I think, I don't remember exactly what Jesus says, but like, Jesus asking, like, what do you see? And so I see people walking around, but they look like trees. Uh-huh. And so then Jesus just went ahead and like touched him again. Touched him again. And I don't know why I'm thinking about this with vulnerability, distraction, and coping, but here is this man who was not seen his whole life he encounters he's vulnerable enough first off here's the thing jesus asked him what he wanted i think that we forget the most important principle of us of of re of remembering to say you know what god this is what i've been struggling with Mm -hmm. 
I think, at least for me, especially if you grew up in like Christian culture and like in church culture, for sure you just think that I need to tell God about my problems. He already knows my issues. I don't see, so you know, like I don't need to tell him. Jesus obviously walked with this man and saw that he was blind. Mm-hmm. You can tell nowadays going up to any human being who's blind and you can tell that they're blind jesus knew that he was blind but he still asked him god why god no like you know like you know like he still asked him like what do you want i think in this thing of vulnerability there is something beautiful about and i don't know i feel like the blind man's tone in that was Lord. Like I want to see. I've. I just see it coming from such a place. Of such genuine heart. And genuine longing. Of him admitting his issue. Coming coming to Jesus. And insist, talking about his issue. I'm already I'm trying to find it. Yeah I found it. Okay. So. Nope, this is this is the wrong story, I think. <laughs> Jesus hit another blind man. Yeah, this is sorry, I, I mixed up my story, so I thought it was talking about the man born blind, and it was not. It's okay. I don't need to find it. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think for me, as long as the lines of like vulnerability, distraction, and coping, I think that. Here's the thing: is after he got healed. He knew that there was more that he needed to encounter with Jesus. So after you've been vulnerable to Jesus one time, don't be afraid to be vulnerable with him again. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm seeing life, you know, you know, like my eyes opened, but they aren't open yet. Like my heart is mended, but it's not full yet. And allowing Jesus to touch you again, allowing him to, allowing yourself to be vulnerable again. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable again. Like, you know, like I feel, I feel like there are people who are going to listen to this and who are saying, God, I've already been vulnerable. God, like I have already told God what is wrong with me. I've already been on my feet praying. Like he already knows what's wrong with me. Do not be afraid to be vulnerable again. Don't be afraid to go back again. Don't be afraid to cry again. Don't be afraid about any of that. Tell God, you know what? I can see, but there is something still holding me back, Lord. There is something still keeping me from being with you. And that is so, so, so important. Man, I'm preaching to myself. Come on, Jesus. (laughs) So right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to go back again. That's good. Yeah, I I I think... Right, R- relationships are always progressive. Mm-hmm. Right, and we're and I'm and like when I when I when I say that I'm I'm thinking about like our friendship. Yeah. Right. Like we've known each other for ten years. Yeah. And we're still getting to know each other. Oh yeah. Right, ten years later. Mm-hmm. And. Right. So. If if we had stopped like opening up and stopped being honest on day one, yeah, 
and like we just said okay he like here's who i am here's who you are let's be friends like and like we could we could talk mm-hmm. but like we we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to talk like we do now yeah we wouldn't be we, we wouldn't have the same depth of relationship we wouldn't have the same like depth of conversation mm-hmm. right we our, our relationship wouldn't be as meaningful yeah and that is like that is finite person to finite person, mm. right? Limited person to limited person, broken person to broken person. Yeah. Right? Um, like, how, how could we ever think that we got everything that we need to know about God on the first go around? Like, that is so, 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 so real. Right, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm preaching to myself on this one. Yeah. Like, not, I, like, broken me to infinite and holy God. Yeah. Right? Good God. Loving God. Mm-hmm. And right? I didn't I didn't learn everything I needed to know about God on the first mm-hmm. on the first go or on the first time I stepped in church. Yeah. Right? Or take or take it a step further. I've already read this book of the Bible. Right? As, Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna read it again. Mm-hmm. I've already read the whole Bible. I don't need to read it again. False, 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 false. Right. There is so much more that we mm-hmm. can learn about God. There is so much more. And I think also we have to understand the lens, my 21-year-old lens of reading the Bible is gonna be so <laughs> different when I'm 40. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm sixty, when I'm when, eighty, reading mm-hmm. the Bible. When 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 I'm when I'm in different seasons of life, different thing like God's going to use different verses in different ways to speak to me. Yes. Right? God God is always going to be talking to me. He's mm. always going to be speaking me through through like His Word, through the Scripture, through other people, right? And in different seasons of life, like there's going to be different parts of God's character that he wants me to learn, yes. he wants me to see. And if I if I pull back from his word, if I pull back from his voice because I feel like I've heard it before, I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. I'm missing out on like that source of life. Yeah. Right? I'm missing out on my source, my rock, my foundation. I'm missing out on my everything. Uh-huh. Right? Because mm-hmm. because I'm I think I think I'm self-sufficient. Yeah. I have somehow added all that God needed me to add to mm. me. And now I can walk through this alone. Mm. And like, that's the like, biggest, the biggest lie ever. Right. Like that, that's, that's pride. Yeah. And that's, that's me wanting to do my own thing. Yeah. And decide for myself what is right and wrong instead of continually relying on God. Right. Continually mm-hmm. being in relationship with him and allowing him to right speak into my life. Yeah. Dude, that's good stuff. There's this verse that I'm gonna read that this that I want to read that kind of is what we're talking about, but it's about a question. Um, it's Psalms, fifty one, mm-hmm. seven. It is clean me with hyssop, hyssop. Is that how you say it? Yep. And I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Man, oh, David, so good. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
Um, that's just such a good verse right there. Kind of talking about what we've been talking about. Yeah. Vulnerability, destruction, and coping. Well, this has been great, folks. Mm-hmm. I think we have kind of come to a good spot. Um, kind of good spot in the conversation. I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening um, and talking. This went a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. But hey, that's kind of how that's kind of how it usually yeah. goes. So um, I just want to thank you so much. Um, my name is Jeremiah Gardner, and with me is Jordan Rickers. And our mission is simple. It is to help men be the men God has called them to be. We love you. We are praying for you. Hope you have an amazing week.